0: I'm Jimmy Reed with Reed Farm in Palestine, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
2: Hello Texas, thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you have gotta do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Texas pork industry is growing. We'll have the numbers from the latest USDA hogs and pigs report coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
0: The annual Hemp Hill County Beef Conference in Canadian is coming up soon. And one of the big topics is advice on doing battle with some troublesome trees. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
3: Just ahead, the importance of cotton farmers getting together to learn more about research and development in their industry in the region of the state that produces the most cotton in Texas. I'm Tom Nicolotti, and I'll have
4: more on Texas Ag Today. Farmers are busy here in Texas making plans and getting crops in the ground. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report from the Rolling Plains.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The number of hogs in Texas is growing, according to the quarterly hog inventory report released last week. As of March 1st, the Texas hog and pig inventory stands at 1.18 million head. That's 13% higher than a year ago. The number of breeding hogs in Texas totaled 170,000 head. That's up 10,000. The March 1st market hog inventory was up 15% at just over 1 million head. The latest quarterly pig crop totaled 832,000 head. That's 25% above a year ago. In another big report released by USDA on Friday, Texas cotton acreage is expected to take a drop this year. The Ag Department estimating a total of 6.2 million acres of cotton to be planted this year. That is down 21% from last year. The planting of Pima cotton expected to total 35,000 acres this year. That's 6% above 2022. Corn growers expected to plant less acreage this year. Texas corn farmers intending to plant just over 2 million acres of corn this year, 2.05 to be exact. That will be 5% lower than last year's intended acreage. Now, while cotton and corn are expected to take a drop in acreage this year, wheat acreage expected to take a big jump here in Texas. They're estimating 6.7 million acres of wheat to be planted this year. That's up 26% from a year ago. Of course, all of these acreage estimates are dependent on the weather if and when we get any rain between now and planting time. Some farmers out in the driest area of the state in West Texas may be taking a closer look at a more drought-tolerant crop like sorghum this year. Well, USDA says Texas sorghum acreage is expected to stay steady at about 1.45 million acres. But Tim Lust with National Sorghum Producers in Lubbock says if this dry spell continues, we could see more sorghum acreage throughout the entire Great Plains.
3: Often when uh, conditions are tough, uh, we see more of an acre increase, and certainly, unfortunately, uh, a lot of tough areas from South Texas all the way up to South Dakota uh, right now. And so uh, uh, look for that. Uh, we'll be tough. We'll, we'll hang in there and be a part of it. And uh, But, yeah, we're excited to see where the industry continues to move.
2: A few more numbers to throw at you here from these USDA reports. Texas rice acreage, down 32% from a year ago at 133,000 acres, Soybean growers intend to plant 150,000 acres, that's down 3%, and peanut acreage forecasted at 155,000 acres this year, that is down 3% from 2022. The annual Hemp Hill County Beef Conference in Canadian is coming up soon. James Hunt tells us one of the big topics will focus on doing battle with some troublesome trees.
0: The Hemphill County Beef Conference is coming up April 25th and 26th in Canadian. And as usual, the annual Texas A&M AgriLife event will offer attendees things like cattle market forecast and weather information. But there are several other subjects on the agenda, including a presentation on doing battle with some problematic trees. Whether you call them junipers or cedars, Extension Agent Andy Holloway says it's time to go to war against them.
5: Here in this drought become very evident uh, how precious water is. When it's raining and things are good and green and lush, we simply just take that for granted as people and uh, we forget about some things we really ought to be focusing on, like these junipers. A small cedar tree uses nine to 15 gallons of water a day. A large tree uses scores and scores of gallons of water a day. And it's actually amazing. The analogy would be uh, the cedars are like a tick on a dog's back or a tick on a cow. They're just sucking the water right out of our land. And that reduces our stocking rates. It denigrates our soil. And it really puts us in a situation where we can't do our best at ranching.
0: Getting good advice on how to battle those trees effectively is just one reason to attend the Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. Once again, that's coming up April 25th and 26th in Canadian. To see the full agenda and to buy tickets, go to the conference's website, which you can find online with the search words Hemp Hill County Beef Conference 2023. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Plains Cotton Growers held their annual meeting last week in Lubbock. Tom Nicoletti was there. My guest today
3: is Cody and He is Chief Executive Officer of Plains Cotton Growers, caught up with him in Lubbock at their recent annual meeting. And Cody, as I understand, uh, about 250 farmers from the 42 counties that uh, Plains Cotton Growers represents uh, here in Lubbock uh, this year. Why is it important to get these farmers together uh, each year uh, to talk the issues?
6: Well, it's good to get everybody together. That way we can talk about issues that we're working on, be it from an advocacy standpoint or a research and development standpoint, and really getting everybody Everybody together creates a conversation. People are learning from different operations through different portions of the region of what they're doing on their farm, and certainly taking back ideas to their own operation that they make and implement or revise to make improvements and make better sound practices work, and they're part of the region. So it's, it's a great fellowship and camaraderie as well, certainly a good time to showcase some of the efforts and work that Plains Cotton Growers, as well as other advocacy groups that we partner with are working on, be it on federal policy or state policy, and then learn about industry segments that we necessarily don't get to see all the time. With Texas being the number one cotton producing state in the nation, more cotton is produced in
3: this region of Texas than anywhere else.
6: That's right. So we grow around 65% of all the cotton that is produced in Texas is produced right here in our 42 counties. And we're roughly 35% of all the U.S. cotton is grown. And if you put us as a standalone, we would be 5% of all the world cotton is grown. So cotton's a big industry that has a huge footprint in this area. And so having a greater understanding of how we can enhance our research and development technology from a producer-based standpoint, how we can be better stewards of our agronomic-based practices, how we can be better advocates, and what we need to work on from a policy-based standpoint is extremely important.
3: That is Cody Best, and he is the CEO of Plains Cotton Growers in Lubbock. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Texas farmers have had several opportunities over the past couple of months to make their voices heard. Barry Mahler has an update from the
4: Rolling Plains. I've enjoyed the opportunity to be around farmers and ranchers from all across the state the last few weeks and getting a pretty good view of conditions of crops, moisture, and what seems like uncertainty of how our industry will get through this time of high inputs and declining prices. The House Ag Committee listening session in Waco a few weeks ago brought representatives from just about every commodity group in Texas, as well as most of the industry organizations. The discussions were well-received by the committee, and I must say I was proud of our industry as presenters filled the building of the Texas Farm Bureau headquarters and the Extra Co Center here in Waco. The one recurring theme in the remarks were one of uncertainty as to where we're heading coming from the producers of food and fiber, all the way down to food banks and other places of distribution. Farmers and ranchers have been hit hard by inflation and higher input costs are limiting profits even with strong commodity prices. It was pointed out that most commodity markets are trending lower now, but there is very little relief in the input costs and even the USDA is forecasting a lower net farm income for 2023. Several representatives of food banks uh, talked about the increased demand for help with food security as that continues to be a problem. And they've got the same problem everybody else does. Higher output costs, higher operating costs, it's making tougher and tougher to take care of their mission. Moving on to our soil health training session here at Wichita Falls, we found farmers looking to improve soil health to maintain productivity for future generations while trying to control input costs today. It was really a continuation of the recurring theme from the Farm Bill listening session of how do we financially sustain productivity. Several agronomists and farmers shared information of how limited till and cover crops are moving us to better sustainability, even in the semi-arid areas of the Rolling Plains, and having better functioning soil can help at least manage our inputs into the future. Then it was a visit to the state capitol to share ideas with legislatures they meet in Austin. Even though we have heard from the comptroller's office over the last few months that Texas has strong funding moving forward, it goes away pretty quickly when the bills begin to come out of committee with some pretty big price tags. There will be several thousand bills circling over the next few weeks, but they'll be whittled down to a select group by committee, and it looks as though some type of property tax relief will be coming along with a lot of money to spend to, well, secure our borders, improve education, and try to keep our infrastructure up to the strain of a growing population. It will be a very busy time in Austin over the next few weeks with tough decisions to be made. So all in all, I'm sensing there are a lot of farmers across the state moving forward, planting crops, hoping for the best, but probably feeling a little less secure than they did just a few years ago. I had one tell me, and this is a quote, well, I can participate in the discussions, offer my thoughts, but at the end of the day, get back home and keep the wheels turning on my farm. And I think that sums it up for a lot of folks, but thank goodness the producers of our food and fiber are at least participating in the discussions. Reporting from the Rolling Plains, I'm Barry Baller for Texas Ag Today.
7: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission approved a minor correction that will affect Sandhill Crane hunters. I'm Jessica Dolmol and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And lameness of the legs can lead to back problems in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
2: Lameness of the legs can lead to back problems in horses. Dr. Bob Judd says some research has been performed to further examine the issue. Compensatory changes in the horse's back have been found due to alterations
8: in force from lame limbs. The potential long-term changes have not been examined until now. Researchers at Colorado State evaluated the influence of chronic lameness on the size of the multifidus dorsi muscle, which is primarily a postural muscle in the back, but is a major player in spinal stability. Dr. Haley Sullivan evaluated changes in this muscle with an ultrasound exam in horses that exhibited either a chronic single forelimb or hind limb lameness, and compared this to normal non-lame controlled horses. They performed lameness exams on all horses and used the lameness locator to further examine the lameness and measure the multifidus dorsi muscle in the horse's back at six areas along the back. They found that the size of the muscle was significantly larger at vertebrae thoracic 18, which is the middle of the back, and is the vertebrae to which the last rib is attached. The study found this in all horses and found no difference between lame horses and sound horses, regardless if the lameness was a forelimb or hind limb. However, they did find muscle wasting, also called muscle atrophy, on both sides of the horse with a single forelimb lameness. The size of the muscle area was smaller, and it is possible that there is a loss of muscle strength in this muscle in the back of horses with chronic forelimb lameness. This indicates there is potentially a loss of spinal stability in horses with chronic forelimb lameness, and this is likely the reason these horses develop back pain. And when rehabbing these horses, the back must be part of the rehab plan. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio
2: Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission approved a minor correction that will affect sandhill crane hunters. Jessica Domel has the story in today's wildlife report.
7: Although there were no major changes to statewide hunting regulations for the 2023-2024 seasons, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission recently approved a minor language change to clarify the intent of the federal Sandhill Crane permit. Owen Fitzsimmons, Webless Migratory Game Bird Program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department explained that change to the commission at their recent meeting.
3: We do have a proposed clarification to the federal Sandhill Crane Permit language. Crane permits are state specific and we've had issues with hunters attempting to use uh, crane permits obtained in other states which are not valid in Texas. So the language update would specify that hunters must have a federal Sandhill Crane Permit issued by the department to legally hunt cranes in Texas. This is just a technical clarification and follows the intent of the original language.
7: Crane hunting season for Zone A opens October 28th, for Zone B it opens November 24th, and for Zone C it opens December 16th. You can get your federal Sandhill Crane hunting permit from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department online, by phone, or at TPWD law enforcement offices or the TPWD headquarters in Austin. Information on how to do that is available on outdoorannual.com. At their recent meeting, the commission also approved hunting season dates for 2023-2024. You can find those on OutdoorAnnual.com. Simply click on the link that says See New Hunting Season Dates. There were no changes to season lengths or bag limits for 2023-2024. A change to the light goose conservation order was discussed a few months ago. However, the department tabled that issue so it can be further explored. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
2: The Cattle Complex closed mixed on Wednesday with live cattle finishing higher, feeder cattle lower we looking all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
2: The cattle complex traded both sides of the market on Wednesday. We ended up with a higher close in live cattle, lower on the feeder cattle. April live cattle up 80 cents to close at 168.40. The June up 7, 160.30. August live cattle up 20 at 159.97. Slight drop in the feeder market. April feeder cattle down 12, 197.82. The May down 17 at 202.10, with August down 27 cents, 219.22. Cash fed cattle trade still mostly quiet for the week. Feedlots here in Texas asking 170. Boxed beef prices higher. Choice up $1.18 at 18 at 219.12. Select up 77 cents, 278.72. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
9: Rodney Butler at Beeville Livestock is part of the Butler family. They had Nixon and Beeville. Rodney, you sell Beeville on Friday. How did that thing go? I we got along real well. You know, quality cattle is still good, and we had some of them, so we had a good sale Friday, sir. Walk the pins with us, please. All right, we had 875. They had a cattle, one horse, and five goats. Mental market was strong. Your 200-300 pounds steers were 253 to 280. Heifers $1.98 to $2.25 300-400 pound steers $1.92 to $2.50 Heifers $1.88 to $2.10 400-500 pound steers $1.96 to $2.55 Heifers $1.83 to $2.20 500-600 pound steers $1.86 to $2.34 Heifers $1.62 to $2.05 05 600 pound steers $1.66 to $1.97 Heifers $1.41 to $1.73 700-800 pound steers $1.59 to $1.04 And heifers were $1.35 to $1.61. Packer Cows sure are strong and steady. They brought anywhere from forty five to a dollar six. Acker Bulls brought from eighty five to a dollar sixteen. Stockard cows brought anywhere from seventy nine to a dollar sixteen with some bread cow cows dollaring out around that eighteen hundred. And the pears we had this week we had some good pears. That replacement sale. They brought anywhere from nine seventy-five to twenty-two seventy-five, sir. Sounds like you had a good sale. Do you know of anything for this next Friday? We will be closed this next Friday for Good Friday. Wish everybody a safe and happy Easter, sir. We will not have a sale this Friday. Tell everybody how to contact you. Yeah, if you need me for something, call me at 361-358-1727 or call me on my mobile, 645-5002. Rodney, thank you so much. Thank you and take care. Bye bye. And, neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.
2: Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs finished mixed on Wednesday. The April contract up $1.17, 73.40, but May hogs were down 87 cents, 81.30. Same thing on Class Three milk. The nearby April up 7, closing at 18.71, while the May contract was down 6 cents at 18.10, 100 weight. Not much happening in the cotton market on Wednesday. Very little news to move the market, and that was reflected in our closing prices. May cotton up 2 points, 81.07. July down 9, 81.29. With new crop December cotton down 12 points at 81.62 cents. Corn market didn't see much movement either. May corn dropped a penny, 6.52 and three quarters. July corn down a half, 6.27 and a half. With new crop September corn unchanged, five sixty nine and a quarter. Now we did see a drop in the wheat market on Wednesday, but not really any fundamental news to explain it. July Kansas City wheat dropped fourteen and three quarters, eight forty three. July Chicago wheat down nine and a quarter, six ninety four and three quarters. In the energy markets, May natural gas was up three cents, two fourteen. May West Texas crude down twenty four at eighty forty seven a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 80 points, 33,482. The NASDAQ down 124 at 12,001. The S&P down 10, 4,089. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture.